Would you turn to Galatians, the third chapter, Galatians 3, you believe the Lord will give us something good tonight? Good, be believing with me, we'll pray and release our faith further in just a minute, but uh, there's life and healing and deliverance, direction and wisdom in the word, and we're going to look to him and listen to what he would tell us tonight. About being redeemed from the curse of the law. Just close your eyes and let's pray right now. Father, we thank you for bringing us through the week. We thank you for giving us the health and strength and ability to be here tonight. and Be alert and strong and free from problems and pay attention to you. And our eyes are on you and our ears are open to you. Give everyone revelation. Let the anointing be manifest strong in the place tonight. Manifest your presence, we pray, according to all your desire and will. Let there come a precise message and ministry and manifestation tonight. And we'll not be hearers only, but by your grace we'll be doers. And we know as we do, we will be blessed because you're so faithful to watch over your word and perform it in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Galatians chapter 3, are you there? Galatians 3, verse 7. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Who is that? Are you of faith? Yeah. I mean, you can't be born again except by faith. You can't live and please God except by faith. And we're of faith and we are the children of Abraham. He said in verse 8, the scripture foreseeing that God had justified the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham the good news, saying, in you shall all nations be blessed. So here the gospel is described As the blessing, the good news of the coming of the blessing through Christ, the seed of Abraham. And now you and I, by faith in him, are in him. And so it applies to us. What's the good news? We're blessed. That's good news. Right? Good news. Everybody say blessed. Now, if you keep reading. It goes on to say, so then they which be of faith, somebody say, that's me. me. They are what? They are blessed. Blessed with faithful Abraham. And in verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles and that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Did he do it? Do we have it? Are we blessed? Are we cursed? No. No more cursed. For Christ has redeemed us. He bought us back. From the curse of the law. 
Man, that's some of the best news you'll ever hear in your life. This passage calls this message the gospel. Right? I'm going to understand that a lot of times people have not seen the gospel of what the Bible says it really is. To them, you know, the only part of the gospel they know of is you don't have to go to hell. Well, that is good news. But that's not all there is to the good news. Right? Now, what is it? The Bible here is calling the gospel the truth revealed that we're no longer cursed, but that we are blessed. Boy, the more this gets in you, the happier you become. (laughs) Inescapable. The more revelation of this dawns in your spirit, you'll just get the smile that you wear. Because you just get to thinking about how that you are no longer cursed. And how that nobody can curse you. And how you are blessed. And how this blessing covers every area of your life. Can't fail because I'm blessed. Can't be defeated because I'm blessed. Can't go under for going over. I'm not cursed. I'm blessed. Christ, the anointed one, became a curse in your and my place when he hung on the cross. And in doing that, he bought us with his own precious blood from under the effect of the curse. And in doing so, he made us righteous so that now we qualify for the blessing. (laughs) And so, redeemed from the curse, qualified for the blessing, we have the same blessing on our life that was pronounced on Abraham, the friend of God. That blessing protected him all the days of his, got him out of some tough situations. Is that right? That blessing increased him when it looked like people took advantage of him and stole from him. He still wind up with twice what he had before he started. This blessing kept him healthy. This blessing gave he and Sarah the desire of their heart. They wanted a baby. This blessing gave him long life. This blessing made him rich, 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 rich. In fact, exactly, the language of the Bible is very rich. And it was specific in camels and donkeys and sheep and oxen and gold and silver and employees. Very rich. Somebody say, that blessing is mine. That blessing that was on Abraham, that he lived in, that he enjoyed all his life. That blessing blessing is on me me. and my family. family. Now, the more you believe it, the more you'll see it. I understand it's not if I see it, I'll believe it. Now, what is it? The more you believe it, then you'll see it. In fact, the psalmist said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You know, when we get to heaven, it's right here and now in the land of the living. He said, I'd have fainted, but I didn't because I believed to see it. And I saw it. And the psalmist also in another place said, I've been young and now I'm old. And I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging. What's he saying? I saw the blessing. I have seen the blessing keep me all my life. 
God is with me when Saul was trying to kill me. God is with me when my own household rebelled against me. God is with me. He never left me. He never forsake me. And the Bible tells about how David died. An old man, rich and full of honor and full of years. And the blessings on you and I to satisfy us with long life and enable us to give us every resource to finish and to finish with excellence everything God put us on this earth to do. Say it one more time. I am not cursed. Nobody can curse me. I'm blessed. Hallelujah. Now go back to Deuteronomy. The 28th chapter where we were last week and the week before. Because if you're going to know that you've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Then you ought to find out what the curse of the law is. And we have been finding out some bad stuff that's in the curse of the law. That we're really glad that we are redeemed from. And when you find it in the curse of the law in Deuteronomy 28. What's the good news? Never have to have it. Shouldn't have it. Not supposed to have it. Because that's what the Bible said in Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. We found out that if you would obey God in Deuteronomy 28 and verse 1, it had come to pass. Verse 2, that all these blessings had come on you. Blessings. Blessings. They'd come on you and overtake you. If you hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. You have to listen and you have to obey. If you're hard-headed and you're rebellious and you're going to do your own thing, well, you're not going to be blessed like this. But how about you? You want to obey or you want to rebel? I want to obey. Good news is if you miss it, you can repent and get back on the obedience track. And if you're willing and obedient... You'll eat the good of the land. He said, you're blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed the fruit of your body and the fruit of your ground, the fruit of your cattle, increase of your kind, flocks of your sheep, blessed. When you see the blessed word said out loud with me, blessed shall you be in your basket and your store and blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. Hallelujah. Verse 8, the Lord shall command The blessing on you in your storehouses, plural, in all that you set your hand to, and he shall bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. I mean, it goes on and on. Verse 11, the Lord will make you plenteous in goods. Now, you can't hyper-spiritualize that one. Goods. Stuff. Right? If we didn't have stuff, we couldn't have a give and receive tent. Right? If we didn't have stuff, we couldn't bless each other. We couldn't get all these good reports that I just, we just get a continuous stream that people say, I visited your church, but I never expected the people that sat beside me. They took me to lunch and they paid for my lunch. And then they said, you want to go to the outlet mall? We said, okay. And they bought me clothes and then they filled my car full of gas. Before I left and said, hey, come back soon. And they said, "Uh, we will. (laughs) You can't do that unless you have stuff. I know Phyllis and I 
oh, this has been a little while back, we were driving by a place and we saw some people that are our elders. We'd known them for some time. And I pulled up in there and I saw them just as they pulled in. And they said, hey, what are y'all doing? And I said, oh, we just come to see y'all for a minute. And I stuck my credit card in the pump. And they said, what are you doing? I said, well, you're buying gas, right? And they said, yeah. I said, good. I got it. He started crying. He was 70-something years old. He said, nobody has ever bought me a tank of gas that I remember in my whole life. Well, that's too long. Right? We had some people, what was it this past week, said nobody had ever bought them a meal. They were older, and they said the first meal anybody had ever bought them. Well, that ought not be around here. Right? And it's not. You're doing good. You're doing wonderful. And if you hadn't been a part, well, jump in, you know. But uh, we can't do it if you don't have any goods. you got to have some goods. And the more good you got, the more you can bless people, right? Bigger and better and more of it. But now, we read on down how the Lord's going to uh, make you the head and not the tail. You'll be above only and not be beneath. But then, in verse 15, it said it'll come to pass if you don't listen. That all these curses will come on you and overtake you. You'll be cursed in the city and cursed in the field. Cursed in your basket and store. Cursed, cursed, cursed. And he begins to mention specific curses. And he mentions all kind of sickness and disease. We saw plagues. Aren't you glad you've been redeemed from plagues of all kind? No terrorist or no terrible perverted biochemist or any weapon that could ever be developed or any plague from the past that can come up could fall under a category that you're not redeemed from because you've been redeemed from all plagues. We saw, you know, plagues and pestilence. And we saw consumption. And we looked up the words in different translations and dictionaries. And we saw that it includes tuberculosis and infectious disease and wasting disease. And we saw we've been redeemed from fevers and uh, influenza and colds and tumors and growths and malignancies. We saw we've been redeemed from the emeralds and the itch and the botch of Egypt. And we said, oh, thank God. Right? And then we saw that if it wasn't called by name, we saw in what was it, verse 61, that every sickness and every disease that was not mentioned by name in this book is also part of the curse of the law, which means you've been redeemed from every sickness and every disease and every problem that's got a name or has ever been named or ever will be named. You're just redeemed from sickness and disease. We should believe this. We should proclaim it. We should decree it. Right? Now here's something else. So, you know, last week we ended up by talking, seeing how that we've been redeemed from going mad. We saw how we've been redeemed from confusion and becoming an imbecile, the text said. You never have to lose your mind. And it is a lie of the enemy. That you have to lose your sharpness and your memory as you get older. That's just the biggest lie. If it was coincident with aging, then everybody would be the same. And they are not at all the same. I gave you illustrations of my own relatives at age 103 
just as sharp as a tack. I mean memory, just know everything that happened to short term and long term. People buy a bill of goods, they believe lies. And their own words are undermining their self. They turn 40 years old and go, well, I don't know. My memory ain't like it used to be. I just can't remember stuff like I used to. Well, you talk that for 40 years, you're going to get dumber and dumber. (laughs) And it's your own dumb fault for talking like that and believing such things. But according to Deuteronomy 28... All these things are part of the curse of the law. So according to Galatians 3.13, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Therefore, we will never lose our mind or go insane or become an imbecile or confused or dazed or crazed in the wits, it said. No, no. Somebody say, not me. What the Bible say? We have been given the mind of the anointed one. The mind of Christ. What the Bible says, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Oh, hallelujah. He didn't give us a spirit of fear, but what? Of power and of love and a sound mind. Everybody said out loud, I will have a sound mind. Strong anointed mind all the days of my life. I will never lose my mind. I will never lose my memory. I will never go insane. I'll have a sound mind, an anointed strong mind, as long as I live. Hallelujah. Now, I accept nothing less. Don't get in fear about any little symptom that comes along. Anything that tries to tell you that that's not happening, that's when you jump up on both feet and you grab this book. Oh, come on now. Somebody needs to get with me a little stronger in this. Anything trying to tell you something different. Well, you have symptoms of Parkinson's. Well, you have symptoms of Alzheimer's. You have symptoms of this. That's when you grab this book and you say, oh, no, no, uh-uh. no, 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 no. I will never lose my mind. You've got to say it like you believe it. And you say the same thing day in and day out, week after week. You never change. No matter what you see or feel or don't see or feel, you stay with this and God will perform that in your life. And you'll have it. So we've been redeemed from having an unsound mind, mental capacity. Now here's something else tonight we've been redeemed from. You ready to shout some more? Oh yeah. Look in Deuteronomy 28 and 23. 28, 23. This is the curse for the disobedient and rebellious. And it is the curse we've been redeemed from. It says the heaven that is over your head will be brass. The earth that is under you will be iron. The Lord will make the rain of your land powder and dust. From heaven, it'll come down on you till you'll be destroyed. Now, let's just stop right here. This is true both spiritually and naturally. The natural becomes that way because the spiritual is that way. This is a heaven of brass. Brass indicates 
judgment and hardness. A closed heaven. And the earth is iron. The rain of your land, powder and dust. No rain. Rain has always been a type of blessing. Contrast this with the blessing of the tither. You bring all the tithe into the storehouse. He said, improve me now herewith if I will not what? Open. Now see, that's not closed in brass and hard. That's what? Open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. There'll not be room enough to receive it. That's blessing. Everybody say blessing. Blessing. See, open heaven and blessing. See, this is closed heaven and iron earth and no rain and no blessing. Said out loud, I've been redeemed from hardness. Do you see this? This is a hard life. The ground is hard like iron. Iron's hard. The heaven is hard and closed up like brass. It's a hard way. Are there people in this life living a hard life? I mean, everywhere they turn, they hit something hard. Why would that be? They're in the curse. Right? Tell me again what curse means. Curse means doomed or damned, destined to what? For destruction. Destruction. Being destroyed. What's blessing? (laughs) Blessing is when you are anointed or empowered to prosper and to for success glory to God (laughs) I mean you know you can work see sometimes people preach all they preach is hard work well if you work hard you'll be successful there are people work hard all their lives and are not successful diligence is a principle of prosperity there are things the Bible says about the diligent Will be made fat. But no, no. Hard work is not the all-inclusive key to success. Because you can work yourself silly. And if there's no blessing on your life. You'll just wear yourself out before your time. Right? Mm -mm. Oh, but when you go to do something. And something else. Hooks up with you. (laughs) Oh yeah. You start to do it. And then there's a strength. Beyond you. That assists you. You begin to think about it. But there's wisdom and ideas. That's just too smart for you to have come up with. That come into your mind. And you go to do it. And yeah the people like you. But this is beyond people liking you. They just love you. For no good reason. It's called the favor of the Almighty. It's the empowerment of the blessing of God. And where other people tried it and just failed. And you didn't seem to half try. And just sailed right on through. Other people did it and it made $3. You did it and made 300000 In an afternoon. And people try to say, whoo, whoo, you must be smart. No, it ain't because you're so smart. It's because you are, you are blessed.
blessed. You are blessed. 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 It's the blessing. The empowerment. The enablement. To prosper and succeed. To be successful. You've been redeemed from the hard life of failure. You're going to see this more and more through these verses. You have been redeemed from a life of failure and loss. Say it out loud. I've been redeemed from a life of failure and loss. Why would you say that, Brother Keith? Because very clearly, this we're going to see more and more through these verses, it describes failure and loss. And what's the good news about this? If you can find it in this chapter here, in the curse of the law, you know you never have to have it. Because that's what Christ, specifically the Bible says Christ has redeemed you from. Brass heavens. Iron earth, no rain, just dust. What's this? Describe a hard life? That's not for you. That's for the cursed, the rebellious. What kind of life is for you? (laughs) The land that flows with milk (laughs) and honey. In fact, the Bible says the good life. Right? Who's got an amplified? Let me see it. Turn to Ephesians 2. Oh, I like this. The Lord directed Phyllis and I to stand on this when we were in the transition to move up here. We read it every day for what? A year or two? You know, the Lord will lead you to get on a verse and just stay on it for a season of time because that's what he's doing in your life. And to feed your faith until... You just believe it without any reservation. Well, here it is in Ephesians 2, verse 10. I'm reading the Amplified. Ephesians 2.10. We are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined and planned beforehand for us. Taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. That we should walk in them. Living the good life. Which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Living the good life. Which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Well, what life is that? That's the blessed life. That's the blessed life. The blessed life is the good life. Sure, you're going to have some challenges. You're going to have some tests. You're going to have some things. But by the grace of God, when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're where he put you, doing what he told you to do, you're going to be graced. And you will just overcome and overcome. And you might have to stand against something for a little bit, but you'll overcome and then you'll just have the good life. The good life. The Bible talks about days of heaven on the earth. The Bible talks about the earnest of our inheritance. What is it? It is a foretaste of heaven itself. We don't get the whole thing right here and now, but we get a foretaste. We get an earnest of what's coming. 
That's why you can be so blessed in this life. You just have to pinch yourself and go, glory to God. I mean, this is like heaven. It is a taste of what's coming. It's a taste of the very same. Well, we ought to get acclimated to it. It'd be like going out into space. You know, you, they train these guys for months and years to get used to what's coming up. Divers have to acclimate to the new environment. This is the shortest thing we're going to do. It's what's happening right now, and it's training time. And so we should get acclimated and adjusted to our new environment. <laughs> so it's not, I think some Christians, they're also almost going to have to be put in a chamber, because this heaven's going to be such a shock to their system. <laughs> They're so used to living such a hard life. To heaven's going to be a total shock to them. But we're all supposed to be getting acclimated to it, getting foretaste of it. Brass of heaven. Earth of iron. Dust. That's not for us. That's the curse we've been redeemed from. Now go back to Deuteronomy 28, please. Let's continue. 28. And skip down to verse 30. Well, back up to verse 28. Look like we got some rain coming right now, don't we? (laughs) It's a blessing. We read this last week where it said, The Lord will smite you with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. And we saw that that has to do with mental and emotional and soulical instability. One translation said, crazed in the wits, losing your mind. And here, but now the next verse tells you why people would get to the place where they lose their mind. Astonishment of heart. Verse 29, groping at noonday as the blind gropes in darkness, and you shall not what? You shall not prosper in your ways. Not prospering in your ways is a curse. You'll be only oppressed and spoiled evermore, and no man will save you. Now, I'm going to read this from the English version, the next few verses. He tells what will happen. Verse 30 in the English says, you'll be engaged to a girl, and someone else will marry her. You'll build a house, but never live in it. You'll plant a vineyard, but never eat its grapes. Your cattle will be butchered before your very eyes and you won't eat any of the meat. Your donkeys will be dragged away while you look and they'll not be given back to you. Your sheep will be given to your enemies and there'll be no one to help you. Your sons and daughters will be given as slaves to foreigners while you look on. And every day you'll strain your eyes looking in vain for your children to return. A foreign nation will take all the crops you work so hard to grow and while you receive nothing but constant oppression and harsh treatment. And your sufferings will make you lose your mind. What is this? Should you ever experience this? Well, now, do you see what this is? This is working, 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 and not getting to enjoy anything that you work so hard for. I don't know if you ever heard this kind of thing before, but in my rural area where I grew up down in Mississippi, 
I've heard some of the older folks talk about, you know, that they, somebody said, you know, why don't you build your new house? You know, you got money and you got this and that. They were superstitious that when they built it, they might die before they got a chance to live in it, opportunity to live in it. Because they had known of other people that, you know, just about time they got things set up like they thought they wanted it, then they died. Superstitious about what? That's a curse. And here you see thing after thing that they worked on this relationship and somebody else enjoyed that person. They worked and got their house and got their house and lost it. Somebody else enjoyed it. They worked and worked and accumulated stuff and lost all of it. That is the curse of loss and failure. And tell me the good news. Now tell me the good news. (laughs) According to Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from working, 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 and somebody else enjoying the fruits of our labors. The blessing means you get the house and you live long and enjoy every room in it. You enjoy the fruits of your labors, every part of them, for as long as you desire. See, we live in a world where all around you you're seeing failure, 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 loss, failure, business fails. Endeavor fails, investment fails, and then what happens when things fail? Then there comes loss. They failed in that endeavor, and they lost what they had. They failed in that business, and then they lost their stuff. Failure and loss is a curse. It is part of, a specific part of the curse of the law. Let me read some more of it to you. Verse 38. I'm still reading from the English version now. Verse 38. You will plant plenty of seed, but reap only a small harvest, because the locust will eat your crops. See, this is not 30, 60, 100 fold, is it? This is planting a lot and barely getting any return. And then when you get your little return that came in, locusts showed up and ate it up. That's can't win for losing. That's everything's against me. Right? That's take a step forward and get knocked back three. Hmm? Get the refrigerator paid off and it breaks down the same day. Huh? Get the transmission fixed and the engine blows up. <laughs> Are you with me now? Just get this done and find out the whole foundation's got termites. Just after you got it painted. I mean, thing after thing after thing. Are people experiencing these things in life? What is it? It's a curse. Are we supposed to be experiencing it? No. Is it normal for us? No. But see, people do. They just accept it as a normal part of life. But you've got to be able to identify what is a curse. 
The curse is for the disobedient. The curse is for the rebellious. The people who refuse to walk in love. The people who refuse to walk by faith. Who will not do what the Lord told them to do. They're going to have it. And if you do that, you'll have it. If I do it, I'll have it. Oh, but if we will obey. If we will repent. If we will humble ourselves. If we'll stay on track. If we'll get up every morning and say, Lord, I'm going to obey you. I'm going to walk in love. And I'm going to walk in faith all day long. I don't care what anybody else does. I'm going to do it. You commanded me to do it. And I'm going to do it. By your grace and help, I'm going to do it. And if he says, go here, you go there. If he says, stop this, you stop that. If you do these things, you are not to experience this. You're to go year after year and decade after decade until people who don't know God and are resentful just don't like looking at your place. Because the drought is on, but your place got rained on. This has happened so many times. Hail tore up their car, but your car didn't get no hail. Their kids were sick all winter, and yours didn't even have a runny nose. They've invested millions over the years, and one thing after another keeps flopping, and your little $10,000 investment has turned into huge profits. They're on their fourth wife. You're still with your first. Their kids are in jail or dead. Your kids are as happy as you are. And happier serving God and blessed. Right? Yeah, you've had challenges. Yeah, you've had temptations. But you just overcome and overcome and overcome. And enjoy the good life that he predestined and made ready for you to live. Because you're not cursed. You're not predestined. You're not doomed and damned to destruction. You're anointed to succeed. Is success part of the blessing? We know prosperity is part of the blessing. I mean, anybody that would dispute that part of the blessing of Abraham did not include prosperity just can't read. But their word prosper, me, if you look it up, it means to succeed. To have success. Prosperity is not just money. You can have money and be a failure. You can have all kind of money and be just a failure as a man or a woman or a husband or a wife or a mother or a daddy or a Christian. Prosperity is not just money. Prosperity is success. Real success. Hallelujah. That you finish what you start. You complete what God starts you out in. And it's honorable. And it honors God. And it blesses people. Can you say amen? Amen. Now keep reading in verse 39. More of the curse here that you've been redeemed from. He said you'll plant vineyards and take care of them. But you'll not gather their grapes or drink wine from them because worms will eat the vines. There's... Case after case, I've seen ministers that involved in building a work. And just about time it begins to be successful, they sin and mess up and don't enjoy it. Don't get to enjoy any of the fruits or benefits. I've seen people work to build up a business, work to help somebody else get something going. And then when it really starts paying off, they're not there. 
They're out of it. That's a curse. I said, that's a curse. God intended that you be around when the harvest time comes. Not just that you be there just during the sowing time and the working time and the waiting time, but that you also still be there when payday comes, when harvest time comes. Say it out loud, I'm not going to miss my blessing. He said, you'll plant vineyards, you'll take care of them, but you won't get the grapes. You won't get the wine. Worms will come and eat them. Olive trees, verse 40, will grow everywhere in your land. But you won't have any olive oil because the olives will drop off. What a curse. You work hard and you plant these olive trees and you irrigate them and fertilize them and watch over them and cover them to keep them from freezing. And they bring all these beautiful olives and you get so excited and some kind of disease hits them. And they all die and fall off. And you get no oil. That is not supposed to happen to you. That is not supposed to happen to me. That's a curse. That's a curse. You work and work and work on a job and on a project or a deal and the last minute you get kicked out of it. Don't get a part of it. That's a curse. Verse 41, you'll have sons and daughters, but you'll lose them. They'll be taken away as prisoners of war. It's a curse for us to lose our children. We're not supposed to lose our children to the sin of the world. Deception. The Bible said train up a child. Didn't just say teach. Said what? Train train up a child in the way they should go and you'll lose some of them. No. We're not supposed to lose some of them. Right? When they get older, what will happen? They won't leave. Well, they enjoy the blessing so much. (laughs) They see the benefits and fruits of living like mom and dad and everybody else in the church does. They go, hey, I ain't dumb. I ain't going anywhere. I'm staying with God. Right? Losing our sons and daughters is part of the curse of the law from which we've been redeemed. All your trees and your crops will be devoured by insects. Foreigners who live in your land will gain more and more power while you gradually lose yours. And they'll have money to lend to you, but you'll have none to lend them. And in the end, they'll be your rulers. Evil people are not supposed to run our cities and our counties. They are not supposed to be the richest people. Oh, come on, guys. Are y'all with me on this? They're not supposed to be. You and I, we're supposed to get stronger in influence and stronger in money and ability. Right? And when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Things are good. Enough of us are to own businesses. Enough of us are to own companies. Enough of us are to have enough money in the banks and the resources around. Till we don't like something, we get together and we pull our support and it dies. And everybody knows it. Right? You know, people are going the wrong way on stuff. They want to fight 
pornographic magazine operations. They want to fight this drug thing. And they want to fight that. And they want to fight this other. And they want to go blow up this abortion clinic. If nobody is buying pornographic magazines, they will not continue. If nobody is having abortions, they will close. Are you with me? See, people are working on the wrong side of this deal. All we got to do is several, you know, scores of millions of us change the channel and never watch the show again. It will go away. But instead, half the Christians are sitting there watching it going, can you believe they let that show on the TV? And sit there and watch it for the next two hours. Well, everybody's doing it. So they got the numbers. And the advertisers won't. No, enough of us, if we will say, ah, no, we don't want it. We're out of that. It will stop. When you're blessed, this doesn't happen to you. Foreigners, and the foreigners here refer to the ungodly. They're not supposed to gain more and more power and we lose ours. They're not supposed to have all the money to loan us and we don't have any money to loan them. They're not supposed to rule over us. The unrighteous and ungodly are not supposed to rule over the righteous. All these disasters, he said, will come on you and they'll be with you until you're destroyed. Because you did not obey the Lord your God and keep all the laws that he gave you. There, this, this will be evidence of God's judgment on you and your descendants forever. Because the Lord blessed you in every way, but you would not serve him with glad and joyful hearts. He said, this curse came on you because you wouldn't serve God joyfully and gladly. Now let's back up and remind ourselves of something. First of all, tell me the good news about all this. <laughs> oh, this good news. Because all this we just got through reading is part of the curse of the law. What's the good news about that? Because according to Galatians 3.13, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. So let's remind ourselves, go back now to the first part where he said it'll come to pass. If you'll hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, observe and do his commandments, he will set you on high. And look at verse 10. All the people of the earth will see that you're called by the name of the Lord and they'll be afraid of you. You won't cower around them. They'll sense the presence of God and they'll be afraid to cross you. And the Lord will make you what? Plenteous in goods, in the fruit of your body and the fruit of your cattle and in the fruit of your ground and the land which the Lord swear to your fathers to give you. And the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heaven, open heavens, to give you rain on your land in his season and bless, bless, bless all the work of your hand and you shall lend unto many nations. Why? Because you got it. And you'll not borrow Why? You don't need to. Borrowing is paying for the privilege of using somebody else's money because you don't have your own. We all been there. A lot of people are there right now. But. I said but. The blessing is ours. 
if we'll believe it. Oh, it may not all happen in a day or two, but if you'll stay after it, God will keep blessing you and raising you up until you have plenty to lend. Don't need to pay for the privilege of using somebody else's money. You got your own and plenty to lend. Said out loud, God's bringing us us. from borrowing borrowing to to lending. He's taking me. From owing, From owing to, owning. to owning. See, that's the blessed life. It's a curse to owe everybody in town. Take everything you can scrape together just to pay the interest on your stuff. That's not blessed living. That's a curse. Now, if you're there, don't despair. Like I said, we've all been there. But we're coming out. I said we're coming out. We believe this right here. Somebody say, this is happening to me. me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 13, what does it say? The Lord will make you what? Does this mean more to you now since reading that other? What does that mean? People are not ruling over you. Right? You're not getting kicked and cussed every day by somebody that despises Christians because you bought the company. And now they work for you. Oh, come on, come on, come on. This is not just wishful thinking now. Well, I get so tired of them telling me what I can and can't do. Well, build your own place. God's talking to some people right now. Build, have your own. Have your own. Have your own. (laughs) I am so happy that I do not have... Twelve denomination boards telling me what I can preach and what I can't preach and what we can do and how our program has to be and what we can do with the building and what we can't do with the building. It's just me and you and God (laughs) and all what freedom, what freedom. That's the freedom you should have in your personal life. And you have to have money. You have to have resources. have to have ability. Because the Bible said the borrower is what? He's a servant to the lender. So let's believe God. We're coming up. Faith is not depressed now. Faith is excited about the future. Right? He said, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you shall be what? Above only. And you shall not be beneath. You won't be under. You won't be trampled under. You won't be run over because you will be on top. You'll be on top. If you hearken to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day to observe to do them. Now back up with me to Leviticus. 26, because this actually is the uh, forerunner of the Deuteronomy 28 passage. This is talking about some of the same things, but it was spoken about first in Leviticus. And he says some statements that you don't see in Deuteronomy. I'd like for you to see them. Leviticus 26 and verse 3. Well... 
Let's see. Without reading all it, we just got through reading it in Deuteronomy 28. But if you begin in verse 14, you'll see the same kind of language in Leviticus 26:14. He says, if you won't hearken to me and you won't do all these commandments, if you despise my statutes and abhor to do my judgments, then he talks about all the things that will happen in the curse. This is the curse for breaking God's law. And you see some of the same words we saw in Deuteronomy 28, terror, consumption, burning, ague, consume of the eyes, sorrow of heart. And uh, verse 19, some of the same language, I'll break the pride of your power, I'll make your heaven as iron and your earth as brass. Here he switches the words. But you can see hardness above and hardness beneath, right? A hard, hard life. Verse 20, your strength will be spent in vain. Your land will not yield or increase. The trees of the land will not yield their fruits. And you see the same thing described. And you see verse 26, when I've broken the staff for your bread, ten women will bake your bread in one oven and they'll deliver you your bread again by weight and you shall eat and not be satisfied. Lack. Poverty. Failure, loss. I mean, we didn't read all of it, but in Deuteronomy 28, he told them that they would get so poor and in such terrible condition, they'd resort to cannibalism and eating their own children. I mean, it's hard to even read some of it. And it happened. If you read the scriptures, it happened. They rebelled against God and they worshipped false gods and did human sacrifices, burning their children to Baal and all kind of terrible stuff. And boy, the Lord was gracious to them. He gave them all kind of time to repent and send prophets to warn them. But they didn't, they didn't, they didn't. And finally, they lost their whole nation. Their cities were seized. And in the famine of the seizures and siege... They ate each other. That is the ultimate of the curse. Can you see what he's showing you here? How blessed you could be if you obey and how far the curse could go if you didn't. We see it in the earth today. There are whole nations. I mean, there are millions of people dying from AIDS. And famine. I mean, it's awful. What is it? It's the curse. For what? And so many of these same countries, the worship of God has not been preached and taught. They worship all kind of stuff. Many of them despise and hate Christians and hate God. You can't do that for generations without the curse coming on you. And this country, as blessed as we've been, if we get away from God, hmm? If we forsake God and turn against the church and pass laws against serving God and preaching and praying and all these things, this nation will not stand either. It'll be cursed. It's the grace of God that we hadn't been more cursed than we have been. Oh, but there's a lot of blessing. I said, there's a lot of blessing. God is faithful to his word. Now notice. We see the curse of failure and destruction and loss and poverty. But back up to the third verse, and you'll see the description in Leviticus of the blessing we just got through reading. Leviticus 26.3, if you walk in my statutes 
and keep my commandments and do them, I'll give you rain. Rain in due season, and the land will yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. You know, we've been so blessed in this country. I mean, how long since it's been a multi-year famine in Branson? Not a drop of rain for 10 or 20 years. We're blessed. I said, we're blessed. God waters our gardens for us. Hallelujah. Protects us. Keeps us. We eat good. We live good. We wear good. Right? Why? We're blessed. And we don't take that blessing for granted. And we don't give the glory and credit for the blessing to ourselves and our hard work. We give Him the glory. We say, because He blessed us. And He just keeps on blessing us. But He goes on to say, this is what will happen to you. Your land will yield or increase. The trees of the field will yield their fruit. And your threshing shall reach to the vineyard. Let's just stop right. We've got to remind ourselves of the curse. Locusts don't come eat our stuff. Our olives don't fall off the tree. Right? Our grapes don't fall off the vine. And people don't move in on us and buy us out and take away our stuff. Right? Nah. Our seed Brings forth a big crop. And 30 and 60 and 100 fold on all of our sowing and investment. And we get to reap the whole thing. (laughs) And give it away or eat it or enjoy it. (laughs) And so we sow some more and here it comes in. And we sow some more. And he said what will happen? Your threshing shall reach. Now, that's the very definition of prosperity. To succeed in reaching, you never run out, but your threshing will reach to the vintage, and the vintage shall reach to the sowing time, and you'll eat your bread to the full, and you'll dwell in your land safely. I'll give peace in the land. You'll lie down, and nobody will make you afraid. I'll get rid of the evil beast out of the land. He's going to take care of the tigers and bears for them. Neither shall the sword go through your land. You won't have war on your soil. See, that's the only reason why we have gone so long. Without there being actual warfare on our U.S. soil. It's just the blessing. Right? And he said... You'll chase your enemies and they'll fall before you by the sword and five of you will chase a hundred. Now think about that. And a hundred of you will put ten thousand to flight and your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. How could that work? How could that work? A hundred believers show up. And on the other side of the line is ten thousand. And they decide to run away and quit. How does that work? Because the awesome presence of God is on that hundred. The blessing of God comes with them. And the 10,000 realizes we're outmatched. We're outnumbered bad. Why? God is with them. 
Because of the blessing. Because of the blessing. Verse 9. I will have respect to you. I'll make you fruitful and multiply you. I'll establish my covenant with you. Does that sound familiar? About the establishing of the covenant. Is there anything to do with prosperity coupled with that? Can anybody tell me where it is? In the scripture. In the Bible. There's verses. <laughs> okay. Huh? Yep. There's one, there's another one. Let's go to Deuteronomy 8 while we're thinking about it. Deuteronomy 8. Man, this is all so good. Verse 6. You keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in His ways and to fear Him. It always starts out that way, doesn't it? Obey Him, do what He says. The Lord your God brings you into a good land. A land of brooks of water and fountains and depths that spring out of the valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates. A land of oil, olive and honey. A land where you will eat bread without scarceness. You'll not lack anything in it. No lack in it. Now verse 12. He said, don't forget God now. When you're eaten and you are full and you built goodly houses. You built all your good houses. And you're living in them. And your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold is multiplied and all you have is multiplied. How do people believe in poverty and read the Bible? Have you figured that one out yet? Yeah, they don't read the Bible, it's right. Or either if they do, boy, they sure are not seeing it. He said, didn't your heart, he said, watch out, that your heart be not lifted up and you forget the Lord your God that brought you forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Verse 17, and you don't say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. He said, don't do that. But see, what are people doing at that point? They are forgetting about the blessing, aren't they? They said, no, we did it. We worked hard and we're self-made man and woman. We pulled ourselves up by our own bootstraps. Because we're smarter than the average bear. Yeah, I know. But you're forgetting something real big. What is it? God and the blessing. The blessing that he put on your life that caused all these things to come to pass. You shall remember the Lord your God. Never forget him. But remember that it is he that gives you power to get wealth. That he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as this day. I mean, the covenant... To establish it, he does what? Gives you power to get wealth. See, it's taken centuries of unbiblical preaching to get Christians to believe in poverty. Because these people back there then, they didn't believe in it. If you'd have come to them after God told them all this and say, yeah, but now watch out, watch out about that prosperity stuff because God may not want to prosper you. They'd look at you like you're nuts. Like, <laughs> were you not at the mountain? Did you not hear what God said? <laughs> he gives, he's the one. He didn't say don't get rich. He said, remember, it's me that made you rich. Amen. Don't ever forget it. Amen. That I'm the one that gave you the power to get it. 
Why? So I could establish my covenant with you. And that's what he said back in Leviticus 26. If you dash back there and read that again in verse 9. Leviticus 26, 9. I will have respect to you. I will make you fruitful. I will multiply you. And what? Establish my covenant with you. It keeps going. Verse 10. And what? You'll eat the old store. That's last year's crop. And you'll bring forth the old because of the new. Why? You don't have enough room to contain it. You have to pull out. It's good stuff. It's a good crop God gave you last year. But you don't have enough room. Because the threshing reached to the vintage. You never run out. You got so much coming in. You can't eat it all. You can't use it all. So you have to pull out the old. But the old's good stuff. I mean, the old car is just last year's model. Or two years old or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Didn't say bad stuff. Didn't say wore out stuff. It's just last year's crop. This is the blessing. This is the blessing. We've been far below this, friends. Haven't we? We need to talk it and think it. And talk it and spur one another on with it. And encourage ourselves until we begin to expect all of this to happen in our lifetime. In our lives. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Got one more thing I want to say to you and then I think we're close enough. (laughs) Well, maybe not. (laughs) Turn to Psalm 1. And I'd like to read to you what is on our logo right here. Psalm 1. Anybody there? Have you ever looked at our logo? What is it? Psalm 1. Why has it got a river on there? Why has it got a tree? Why isn't the tree a little scrub bush? A little bramble briar? Huh? It's an illustration of the verse. What does the verse say? Oh, come on. Now, somebody needs to stir up just a little bit with me. What's that first word? That first word. Blessed. Blessed is the man. That's male man or female man. That walks not in the council of the ungodly. How many know if you want to stay blessed, you can't listen to just any and everybody. That's right? right? Yep. He nor stands in the way of sinners to be blessed. You can't hook up with sinners and live the life of sin. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful. You can't be somebody that mocks and makes fun of folks. And scorns the things of God and finds fault. But his, his who? Back up to the first phrase. What did it say? He, who? The blessed man. His delight is in the law of the Lord. Now we got the law and the prophets and the gospel accounts and the epistles. We got the word of God. Yes. Is your delight in the word of God? Yes. Must be. You've been sitting here for what? An hour and a half or whatever it is. Listen, still look like you'd like to have some more. Yes. 
our delight is in the Word of God. Because it's life to us and it's health and medicine to all of our flesh and the truth makes us free. I know people don't understand that they can't figure out why in the world on a good Friday night when it's raining. Would you come sit and let somebody preach to you for that long? (laughs) I've done it for decades myself now. Go and sit and listen and go and sit and listen. For 20 years, I had the privilege of sitting at Brother Hagin's feet. Hearing the Word of God. Some of the finest Word of God coming out on the planet. And I never got tired of it. Never will. Why? The Word of God is alive. It's quick. It's powerful. Shows you what's good and what's bad. What's right and what's wrong. Illuminates the night. Gives you light to walk in. Heals your body. Comforts your soul. Calms your mind. Pays your bills. Heals your babies. Keeps your marriage together. Question is, why aren't everybody else here with us? (laughs) Come on now. His, the blessed man, the blessed man, his delight is in the word of God. Well, you know, people who do that, goes on to say, in that law, he meditates day and night. That's the person that's going to do it. Reminds me of Joshua 1. Doesn't it you when God gave Joshua the keys to success? What did he say? This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you'll meditate in it. Night and day that you may what? Observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. That's blessed. That's blessed. This is the man and the woman that delights greatly in the Word of God. And in the Word of God, they meditate night and day. I was ministering some years ago to a lady. She'd been in and out of mental institutions for years. And she wound up there in healing school with me, and I was endeavoring to minister to her and help her. And the Lord dealt with me to take her back to Joshua 1.8. We just quoted. This book of the law, the Word of God, will not depart out of your mouth, but you'll meditate in it night and day. I was talking to her about keeping it on your mind and in your mouth night and day. She looked at me in irritation and said, you can't do that. You can't think on these things night and day. Well, she just said what some other people had thought and felt. I said, well, sister, you know, of course, you remember I didn't write this. I'm not the one who said this. Do you remember who said this? Well, it was the Lord. And I reckon that he would know (laughs) whether we could do this or not. I don't think he would have told us to do something that we could not do. Well, she's not any happier with me at this point. I said, sister, listen. I said, this is the issue. It's not a matter of whether or not you can think or I can think on something night and day. We are already thinking on something. Night and day. We are already talking about something. 
all the time. And I said, it's obvious because of your history and your problems, you haven't been thinking and talking the right thing. How many understand thinking on the Word of God night and day and talking the Word of God night and day will not put you in a mental institution? I've heard people say, well, I don't know now, Brother Keith. I, people read that Bible too much. You can lose your mind. <laughs> people get religious and weird and not on the Word of God, on what somebody thinks about the Word of God. But no, no. What do you say? Thou will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in you. Keep reading. Verse 3. He, he who? The blessed man. The blessed man will be like a tree. That's when we put this on our logo here, our, our insignia. He'll be like a what? A tree. Not a scrub bush. A tree. Planted by the rivers of water. That's why there's a river there. And does what? He brings forth his fruit. In the season. At the right time, the fruit is there. No locust gets it. No famine and drought keeps it from happening. He brings forth his fruit in his season. Why? His leaf shall not wither. Why? He's blessed. See, that river portrays the blessing. How much blessing is available to the tree? Can that tree use all that water that's flowing by that tree? No. But one good thing about it, all the water that tree will ever need is right there. (laughs) Every day and every night, millions of gallons Inches away. Oh, come on now. Somebody got to get happy about that. Every night and every day. Millions of gallons of blessing are inches away. They're right there. They're right there. They're right there. The scripture said, don't say who will go up to heaven and get it. Or who will go down to the heart of the earth and get it. It's close, he said. It's near you. As close as your mouth and your heart. (laughs) He's right there. The source of life. The giver of life. The healer. The provider. The protector. The wisdom of God. And if that's so, and you're connected, what should happen? You should flourish. You should grow. You should spread out on the right and the left and reach your branches up to heaven. Oh, come on now. And year after year get bigger, stronger, mightier, more powerful. The blessing of the Lord is flowing through your veins, through your root system, into your heart and through every fiber of your being. And you just keep producing fruit, fruit all over the place. And drought occurs in other places, but you don't even have a burnt leaf. Why? We're so dry out here a thousand miles away from the river. I know. 
Why don't you get you one of those tree companies to move you? (laughs) Over here by the river. Where you never have drought. Where you never dry up. Where you never run out. You can live by the river. You can live inches away with millions of gallons of provision that'll never, how many know this river will never run dry? Never. Never. How many know even in heaven there's a river? Oh, there's a river. Water of crystal. Water of life. And the trees flourish on both banks. Hallelujah. This is living in the blessing. This is being far removed from the curse. And that's why Jesus came. So he could take that hard life. That earth of iron and sky of heaven and dust for breakfast life. And when he hung on the cross, he became accursed with all that. So we could be free from it. And he qualified us for the blessing. Made us able and meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. And prearranged and made ready the good life for us to live. I don't know about you, but I've been preached myself happy. This is going off in my spirit. Glory to God. Stand up on your feet. Lift up your hands. Glory to God. The good life. 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 This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.